Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I am back broadcasting from behind enemy lines across the border on the other side of Trump's tremendous, beautiful slats, <laughs> wall slats or whatever he calls them, which apparently you can just uh, cut through them with a the Sawzall from Home Depot. So a, a quick trip to Home Depot and, um, you know, 50, 60 bucks later, a couple carbide metal tips or whatever, and you can just saw right through Trump's tremendous wall and pass through whatever you want. People, drugs, you name it. So mission accomplished on that front. I don't know how much wall they've actually built, and I don't think any of it's new. I think it's all just... Uh, replacing wall sections that they've already had up or something par for the course for government and presidential promises but um anyway things are going good things are good over here in mexico i um haven't been getting a lot of work done so i think it's been a, a week since my last podcast and um you know it's uh it's hard to get stuff done in mexico you know, the um, the average Mexican does in five days what takes a normal person five hours <laughs> in Mexico. So I'm on Mexican time. You're going to have to forgive me. And I just, you know, I don't want to be cooped up talking into a microphone as often as I do in Chicago where they're experiencing record cold from what I hear. Got six inches of snow the other day, record cold November, and I'm sitting here. Sun is shining, birds are chirping. I think today's going to be, you know, I don't even have to check the forecast. It's going to be 88 and sunny pretty much all day long. Some clouds might roll through in the late afternoon, and then we'll have a beautiful sunset. And then I'll, you know, hit the town, have a good time. So um, I have been checking in on the news in the United States and there's been a couple a couple big stories that I, I do want to touch on a little bit I know I'm sure you guys have already all heard them because like I said I am on Mexico time and I'm a little behind on things but you know we just had Veterans Day and <laughs> you know I didn't get to see all of the Veterans Day propaganda that I normally do being out of the country I did catch some of it, though, uh, the typical stuff, because I was watching football on Sunday. Had to watch some of the Bears game and the Red Zone channel hooked up. That ridiculous deal that the, the um, 
the Pentagon has with the NFL, where they just pay them millions of dollars to promote the military, the military-industrial complex, and just a constant, a constant, never-ending salute to our brave soldiers. Blah blah blah. Which, you know, I get that we want to honor the the people who have served in the military and everything like that. That's fine. You know what the best thing we can do to honor our, our fallen brothers and the ones who come home broken and the ones who are still serving is to stop creating new veterans with new wars, with endless wars for regime change or for oil or whatever the case may be. These pointless wars that we've been fighting for the vast majority of my life over in the Middle East in places that people can't even find on a map. You know, just, uh, and it never comes up on Veterans Day. We never talk about the fact that we're still fighting the longest wars in American history. Uh, and that there's just been a complete disaster. No, no, no. We just, we just honor the soldiers and we salute them and we fly the American flag and forget about the fact that we're, we're spending uh, trillions of dollars and we're, we're killing thousands of people. Thousands of our people are getting killed, and they're coming back. The ones who make it back are, are broken mentally. Their suicide rates are off the charts for uh, veterans. Their medical care that I talked about on the my last episode with Medicare for All, they get terrible medical care. They're, a lot of them are homeless. You know, I genuinely feel bad for these soldiers. I, I feel bad for everyone that gets caught and sort of brainwashed and propagandized into serving our military and, and and just the lies that they are told until they until they figure it out most veterans realize after a certain amount of serving that they've been lied to don't confuse dying for oil with fighting for your freedoms our freedoms are not over there in the middle east okay our freedoms are here at home and they're being withered away every day by our own government. We have, that's who we should be fighting, uh, not not somebody over in a sandbox halfway around the world. You know, so th- these things never seem to come up on Veterans Day, um, at least not in the mainstream news, or should I say the corporate press, which is another thing that I wanted to, to touch on today, because last week the big story was Project Veritas, which for anybody not familiar with Project Veritas, I don't know how you couldn't be by now, but maybe, you know, you don't run in the same circles that I do or something like that. But they do these undercover, basically like sting operations where they get somebody who either works at um, a certain company or they get somebody to go undercover and just start talking to the employees and they can get these employees to admit to all sorts of corruption or underhandedness that's going on. They did one, I think, with Planned Parenthood years ago. They they were the ones that got the the people from Planned Parenthood to talk about how they're selling body parts of aborted fetuses. And I think they did the acorn story. They broke the acorn story. This was years ago. This was like 12 years ago, something like that, about all that corruption that was going on with acorn. So they they have a new video out last week, and it was basically a 
a reporter from ABC News on a hot mic just completely spilling the beans about how she had the Epstein story three years ago. Three years ago, she had everything. And, um, well, here, uh, well, let's let's listen to it real quick. I'll play the clip. It's not very long. Just the intro to the, the Project Veritas thing, the, the teaser that they did, which basically tells you everything that you need to know. And, um, and we'll go from there. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day, I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh my god, we it was um, what what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago, saying like aunt like. We, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. I had it all three years ago. So there you go. She had everything three years ago and tremendous pressure from the palace to kill the story. At least that's what, what she was hearing from the executives over at ABC. That, that is really something. You know, it, it almost seems like it's staged. And Project Veritas... I mean, God bless them. They do they do some great undercover stuff. It is you do have to be a little skeptical of it, I think, because they do chop stuff up, and you don't you don't get a lot of context. But this is just this is just raw. Like you could tell that she was upset, and you know you get used to having those microphones on. I don't know. You're just sitting on set, and you just start, especially when you're upset, and you kind of let your uh, inhibitions go a little bit, and you just start ranting. Uh, she seems legitimately angry about this which is you know apparently there are still some reporters out there that want to do reporting and I, I can only imagine when you have the largest pedophile ring you know the most prolific pedophile in American history dead to rights you have the whole story of witnesses you have stuff it, it goes as high as the Clintons you have stuff on, on uh, Prince Andrew and, and and they they crush the story this is really unbelievable. Uh, like the fact that a, a news, and this was one of the problems that, that people had when news organizations started taking advertising money. There were these fears that they wouldn't be able to be unbiased because they were, they were taking advertising money from, I don't know, you name the company. And, and so if there was ever corruption at like Ford Motors or something like that, and they were sponsoring ABC News. Well, then ABC News just isn't going to cover the story because they're getting all these advertising dollars. You know, that turned out to be not really a problem because here, here's what happens. If you're a news organization and you're taking advertising money from, 
from companies and you don't cover stories that involve those companies at the, the way that you should and other news organizations who aren't taking those dollars will and then you'll be exposed for the shitty news coverage station that you are so that that problem that people were worried about never came to fruition turns out none of that we really had to worry about because they were they worried about their reputation and they wanted to report on honestly on on company corruption even if they were going to be a sponsor their reputation was more important it turns out what we really needed to be worried about was them losing access to government losing access to government stories not being allowed in the press room not not being able to get stories from the palace interviews with with famous government officials that's what we need to be worried about we need to be worried about the deep state we need to be worried about government corruption uh, government cover-ups them covering for the government the government covering from them apparently that's a, a much bigger issue <laughs> uh, a much bigger fear shocking once again uh, no we don't need to worry about them covering companies fairly if the companies are giving them advertising dollars no, no. We need to worry about them covering the largest, most corrupt corporation on the face of the earth, the, U the United States federal government. That's what we should be worried about all the time. Shocking that that's the case. And, and then this is the palace. They're getting pressure from the palace to kill the story. Like, call me crazy, but who cares? Who cares what the palace thinks? Somebody comes to me and says, oh, we're, we're getting pressure from the palace to, to kill this story. I, I would be like, uh, yeah, no, I don't care. I don't, I don't care what, what the palace thinks. Didn't we just fight a war, uh, what was it, 250 years ago? To tell them that we don't give a shit what the palace thinks? We're not going to take their crap? I mean, this is unbelievable. I, I can't believe they killed I mean, that's probably not the real reason. That, that could be one of, of many reasons. You know, the fact that it involved the Clintons and all these you know, high-profile, um, rich, powerful people. I'm sure that also had a lot to do with it. Here you have a, a, a reporter with a story. She has witnesses. She has the firsthand accounts, testimony, hard evidence. Hard evidence of the largest, most prolific pedophile ring the United States has ever known. And ABC not interested doesn't meet our journalistic standards <laughs> okay okay this from uh from the corporate press who uh, didn't seem to need any any evidence any corroborated stories for uh, Ju uh justice kavanaugh when they were covering that story or uh I don't, I don't think it was abc news that ran this i think it was cbs but <laughs> here's some uh coverage from a uh, kentucky gun range <laughs> And but we'll we'll just tell you that it's it's, it's Syria. These are the Kurds. These poor Kurds that we care so much about <laughs> doesn't meet our journalistic standards. Are you kidding me? Is this a joke? I mean, I don't specifically remember ABC's coverage of the whole uh, the kids in Washington D.C. that were accosted by the the Native American guy. Uh, I'm sure I, if I went back and pulled the footage from there that they ran the, the partial clip and then just jumped to all sorts of conclusions for that story. Didn't, didn't seem to mind uh, a lack of evidence there. Didn't seem to have too many uh, journalistic standards to run with that story. Or how about the Juicy Smollett, the Jesse Smollett story? 
Uh, how did ABC cover that one? Did that meet their journalistic standards? <laughs> An obvious, the, the most obviously made-up story on the face of the earth. I bet they ran with that. Or even the whole Russia collusion thing. Uncorroborated uh, steel dossier. <laughs> made-up dossier. Opposition research. I'm sure they ran with that. Where were the journalistic standards on that one? Where you were running with a, a lie for three years. Uh, this is unbelievable. Uh, they should be ashamed of themselves. Every day that passes is just another reason to not trust the media. They just keep getting worse. Unbelievable. Who knows what's going to come out tomorrow? The, the corporate press really is the enemy of the people. And at this point, you know, this whole fake news thing, which they started, by the way. Uh, I don't know if everybody remembers this, but Donald Trump tries to take credit for fake news. He, he didn't start that. Okay, it was the corporate press was deeming alternative internet news sources like maybe this podcast for, or like uh, Drudge Report and uh, you know all the all these internet sites right that you can go and get get news articles and all these independent journalists that that were posting stuff on the internet. Well, they were fake news according to the corporate corporate media the corporate press. So they, they started talking about all this fake news on the internet and Donald Trump took that and turned it around and said, no, no, you're fake news. You're fake news. <laughs> and it really is unbelievable. It's just another episode of media malpractice. I think I've already done two or three episodes on this. And here we go. Here's just another element as to why you should never trust anything that comes out of the corporate press. And, and, and this is... Three years go goes by. Uh, how many girls, how many underage girls were raped and molested by these disgusting old men in, in three years? I mean, I can only imagine the damage that was done to lives. And for what? <laughs> so they can get so they can get an, an interview with the crown, so that they can cover the, the stupid fucking royal wedding. Oh my god. Unbelievable unbelievable the corporate press is the enemy of the people but um i'm sure they've moved on from that story now <laughs> and they're talking about the impeachment hearings this week that are going on and you know even if i wasn't on vacation right now i would have tuned out a lot of this impeachment stuff it's just such baloney it's it's so, so obviously just a bullshit story that nobody really cares about. The only people that care about it are the ones that hate Donald Trump, which is fine. I get it, you know. But this whole impeachment thing, it just seems, it, you know, it's vindictive. And you can tell that it's just they have nothing on him. And they're just grasping at straws because they couldn't get him on Russia collusion. And they couldn't get him on anything else. They can't get it, you know. I don't know what's going on with the tax returns, but... It, they just feel like he's corrupt, and so, well, let's get him on this if we can. And it's just a, th a thing that nobody really cares about. I mean, okay, so he had a quid pro quo, and they're doing the same thing with the quid pro quo that they did with Russia collusion, okay? Collusion. There's no crime called collusion, okay? You have to be colluding to commit a crime for there to be anything there. And so the same thing that they're doing with that, they're just throwing around this word as if quid pro quo in and of itself is this horrible thing 
that's an impeachable offense. Well, I guess an impeachable offense can really just be anything that Congress decides, which is why this is going to keep going on, and he will be impeached. But a quid pro quo in and of itself is just, it's just a deal. It's just a deal between two people. It's an agreement. All, all, everything our government does is a quid pro quo. All of these treaties, all these agreements, all these deals that Donald Trump is trying to get done, like a deal with China that he keeps teasing the markets with, uh, that's a quid pro quo. It's a this for that. It's just a fancy Latin word for a deal. And so in order for this to have any teeth, the quid pro quo, you have to be able to prove that the quid pro quo benefited Donald Trump and basically only Donald Trump because what they're trying to say is that you know by investigating Biden or by asking uh Ukraine to inv- to investigate Biden's son and Biden's running for president it's going to give Donald Trump talking points in in the upcoming election he's going to be able to use that uh, to help him get reelected okay so First of all, there's a there's a bunch of problems with this, and I I know I touched on this already, but the main point of him asking Ukraine, at least from the so-called transcript that we were given, was to look into the 2016 election malfeasance that was going on and and how this whole Russia collusion thing got started. So that election already happened. Donald Trump already won that election. And that's what he's looking into. That's what he's mainly asking them to look into. So Hillary Clinton, at least not yet, is not um, Donald Trump's uh, next presidential opponent. Well, you know, who knows? She might jump in. But looking into 2016 stuff is not that big a deal. It's no deal at all, actually. So then you have the the comment about, yeah, look into Hunter Biden and... Here's the thing. Yeah, Joe Biden's running for president. Um, I mean, I don't even consider him a big uh, threat to Donald Trump. He, he has enough trouble just keeping his teeth in his head and not nuzzling kids, nose nuzzling kids or whatever, that sniffing kids. Joe Biden just can't stop doing that. But the thing is, you can't just get out of being investigated by running for president. Like, that, that can't be... Like, anytime you want to not be investigated for something, you just run for president, and then they can't look into anything that you were doing because, oh, it could be used as a talking point in, in the upcoming election. Uh, oh, okay, that's everything. That's every deal that a president makes gives him talking points for re-election. Any, any treaty, any, uh, any deal, like I said, with, with China or anything that is an accomplishment a so-called accomplishment for a president is a talking point for them for the for the next election. So this is just ridiculous. Anything a president does, you could you could make the argument that if he uh, if he gets a bill passed, well, well that's uh, that gives him a talking point for the next election. So it benefited him in some way. Uh, it's a quid pro quo. We need to impeach him. This is nonsense. This is just nonsense. Like, how far can we take this? If, if an investigation into, into Joe Biden's son gives him something to talk about for the next election, something to rile up his base, something to uh, profess as an accomplishment, then anything that he does as president would have the same effect, right? Any deal that he makes, uh, any treaty he signs, 
anything he does uh, foreign policy wise is something that he can talk about and it would be technically a quid pro quo <laughs> are those impeachable offenses too i mean this is ridiculous the the other thing is it, it's only a talking point for donald trump if the investigation turns up bad for joe biden's kid otherwise if the investigation exonerates him then he has no talking point and it's not you don't have donald trump on tape asking ukraine to fabricate evidence to make it look bad for joe biden to make it look like joe biden did something wrong there's none of that he's just asking him to look into it if you take away the fact that joe biden is running is trying his best to run for president is there anything wrong with what trump did i mean i know you hate trump you may be suffering from trump derangement system uh syndrome but if you take away the fact that Joe Biden is running for president, would anybody have a problem with a president asking another country to look into something for them? To, hey, look into this matter for me, would you? Let me know what turns up. Okay, so if you don't have a problem with that, you can't have a problem with it just because he's running for president. That, that can't be the way this works. And then, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to show that this is something that a million other presidents haven't done every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And they all do it. They, they all have these calls. They all have these meetings where they talk to other politicians and they ask them for favors. And, and the, the whole thing with withholding military aid. OK, they got the military aid. They got it. And Trump never got his investigation. So this never even played out. This never even came to fruition. All this stuff that they're talking about. And just nobody cares. Nobody who isn't obsessed with hating Donald Trump, who hasn't made hating Donald Trump the main focus of their lives for the last three years, nobody cares about this. This is like the least corrupt thing any government has done ever. This is unbelievable that, that, this, that this is what they're going with. But they're going to they're gonna go. They're having, they're having the hearings this week. The dog and pony show continues. I suppose it's not out of the realm of possibility that some of the mainstream Republicans flip on Donald Trump, but I just don't see it happening. I, they're, they're not going to get the votes to actually remove him from office. He will be impeached. He will not be removed from office. And this is just going to help his election chances, his re-election chances in 2020. I... I the more I think about it, the more I look at these candidates that are running, and we have a new entry. We have uh, an old, lispy, New York Jew billionaire, former Mayor Bloomberg, has entered the race. He's throwing his hat in to try to take down Donald Trump because that's what the Democrats need, is another horrible candidate with no charisma, no nothing. Nothing but just money and, and talking points on climate change. I, I don't know what they're thinking. Like, I know that they look at the field of candidates right now, and they can tell that they can't beat him with anybody. None of these people can beat Donald Trump. But to think that Mayor Bloomberg is going to do it is insane to me. It's insane. This guy, it, it, Trump's just going to out-alpha him. Trump will Jeb Bush him in a heartbeat if he gets the nomination, which he's not going to get the nomination. You think that the pulse of the Democratic Party is New York billionaire who made all his money selling 
overpriced computers to the finance industry. I mean, I, I use a Bloomberg at work. Okay, they, they cost like $10,000 a month per terminal. And that's how this guy made all his money. He actually delivered the first Bloomberg terminal personally to my office like 30 years ago. But anyways, the, the pulse of the Democratic Party is not Mayor Bloomberg. Okay, they are not looking for that kind of candidate, the, the kind of candidate that's gonna that doesn't inspire anybody. He doesn't have a reason for running. He doesn't. He's not gonna drum up the the emotional support that Bernie Sanders is getting right now. I, I just can't see Bloomberg doing anything but just making a fool of himself on stage and not getting the nomination. He will not get it. Hundred percent. Take that to the bank. I don't know who will get it at this point. Maybe Mayor Pete can can make something of it. I know he's moving up in the polls. Um, Elizabeth Warren is still really popular for some reason, uh, but you know her plans—they're even getting shredded in the in the corporate press. I saw an article on like Yahoo Finance talking about how ridiculous her plans are, which is why, God bless her, she was trying like hell to not get into the details of her Medicare for All plan because she's her whole thing. Every Democrat's pitch, basically every politician's pitch, and this is the same thing with Trump, it, it, and you know, hope and change, Trump was, we don't win anymore, we're going to win more, we're going to make tremendous deals. The details... No voter wants to get bogged down in details. It's all emotional. Okay, we, we're, we're these idiot voters. We're, it's all based on emotion. Okay, nobody wants to get bogged down in $52 trillion worth of details. It's the, the sing-songy uh, beauty pageant answers like Medicare for all. Oh, every, nobody should go hungry. Nobody should ever be sick. Nobody should ever have a medical bill that they can't afford. It all sounds great, but then when you get into the details of it, it's a disaster, which is why they all avoid details like the plague, and they just try to tug on your emotional strings. And that's why Elizabeth Warren would not answer that question for months, and then she comes out with like the worst plan imaginable, $52 trillion, just doubling the, the entire federal budget every year for 10 years. Unbelievable. So, I, I don't know. Maybe she'll get the nomination. Maybe we haven't seen the candidate who will be running against Trump in 2020, barring his removal from office on, on bullshit impeachment charges, uh, which there's almost no chance of that happening either. If, if this is all they have, they are in a lot of trouble. They are in a lot of trouble, barring an economic meltdown. The, the economy would have to completely tank by this time next year, which is is very possible. I don't know how much longer they can keep this, this game going. Uh, we are on the verge of a major economic downturn, and it's been brewing for the last 10 years, and um, they're trying to keep it afloat right now with more cheap money. The Fed is printing, basically, you can say printing. They're creating hundreds of, of, of billions of dollars out of thin air every month. They're, they've reinstituted quantitative easing. I'll, I'll get into that in another uh, podcast episode. But they're basically doing the exact same thing they were doing at the, the height of the, of the 2009 crash, you know, when things were really bad. We were on the verge of a, of a new Great Depression. 
they instituted quantitative easing, this emergency measure to try to pull us back from the brink of collapse. And quantitative easing turned into quantitative easing two and quantitative easing three. And then they stopped and they were supposed to roll back their balance sheet, which ballooned to something like four and a half trillion. And they were supposed to shrink that balance sheet down and resume normal processes. And they couldn't do it. And they had to reinstitute quantitative easing. And now this has become basically standard operating procedure. So what was once an emergency last-ditch measure is now standard operating procedure for as long as we can do it until the economic chickens come home to roost. And uh, so I, I don't know if Trump can... The, the only obstacle to Trump's re-election to me at this point is an economic collapse. All of these other candidates are just a, a disaster. And maybe... Maybe we haven't seen the nominee yet. Maybe somebody else will get into the race. But I will be checking in on these hearings. I will try to keep up with what's going on. Up across on the other side of Trump's tremendous, tasteful metal slats. And um, I'm going to leave it there for now. I got to go bag some rays on the beach. You know, these, these rays will not bag themselves. So, uh, a bit of a shorter episode. I will try to get some some more stuff out to you guys now that I've I've relaxed for five or six days. Um, I, I will try to get back to work. I will I will see what I can do. No promises, but you guys all enjoy. Everybody in Chicago, try to stay warm and um, don't forget to download and subscribe. Share the show with your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. And if you can do all that, I will be back with a new episode. Until then, just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.